Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hour two of the Nightcap, and boy, oh boy, what do we have here? Another not very competitive NBA game. Now, maybe the score a bit misleading. It was close in the third quarter until it wasn't. And now the Boston Celtics up 15. So uh, we're going to have another double-digit victory in the NBA playoffs. Another under in this series, as this one will go well under the total of 203 and a half. So 91 to 76, under two minutes to go. Celtics leading by 15. And uh, the Celtics will have a chance to close out the Miami Heat come Friday night in Boston. Uh, As for hockey closing out, Sean, Mm -hmm. the Colorado Avalanche up 3-0 early in the second period, squandered that lead. Then Nathan McKinnon capped off a hat trick with one of the most spectacular goals you'll see. And uh, make sure to check those highlights. But... With the goalie pulled six on five, the Blues able to tie the game up and uh, force overtime. So the over has been clinched in that game. Sean is waiting on the Avalanche to uh, finish it up on uh, just to win outright. Uh, My ticket is uh, burned in the trash because uh, the best team in hockey uh, can't hold on to a three-goal lead or score an empty netter. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Super, super fun there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what we're uh, that's what we're waiting for. Uh, I feel here. bad. I wanted you to win. I could feel it. I could feel the uh, the sympathy oozing out of your veins. I did. So we will see what happens here. Uh, your latest line uh, money keeps coming in at DraftKings on the Blues. It was up at plus one thirty, now down to plus one twenty, and the Abs at minus one sixty to win this game in overtime. In Colorado, 3-1 is the series, so Colorado can close out the Blues tonight with a win here in overtime. Overtime just about to start there in the Mile High City. So while we keep our eyes on that game, and we'll get you the final score here of the Celtics Heat game, which is 93-76, so that game is uh, is well uh, wrapped up. Uh, Jalen Brown, if you're wondering, did hit his player prop over uh, points-wise. He now has 25 points. Uh, some interesting news today uh, here in Las Vegas, Sean. Colin Kaepernick is 
reportedly going to get a workout with the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a situation, as Adam Schefter, I believe, expanded on it uh, with a further tweet, where this isn't a, you know, a, a charity case or anything like that. This is a situation where they don't feel comfortable with their backup quarterback. Remember, Marcus Mariota is now at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so when you saw this news, Colin Kaepernick has not taken a snap in the NFL since 2016. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on this news? And, and you know, could he help the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I think the workout will demonstrate where he's at. You know, uh, I don't have an issue with it. You know, I know last sure. year they used to – utilize the Marcus Mariota package where he came in, had a specific set of plays. So I could see Josh McDaniels wanting to have that capability, you know, and Colin, you know, he brings the athleticism to the plate. Uh, it'd probably be a bit rusty, but, I mean, why not? It doesn't hurt anything. It's not like you're usurping some young quarterback that you're grooming to replace, you know, Derek Carr. So, I mean, if he does well in the workout and Josh McDaniels has a plan, you know, I'd love for him to be here in Las Vegas. So right now, the uh, the depth chart for the Raiders, Derek Carr, obviously the the starter, and uh, he's not going anywhere with that that uh, offseason extension. And then it is Jarrett Stidham. Uh, they traded for Jarrett Stidham, who once upon a time was going to be the starter in New England, Sean. And then Nick Mullins, and then they have a, I believe Chase Gerbers, our Garbers is from Cal, a uh, undrafted free agent. So Well, Jarrett Stidham is the assistant quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, because he was with Josh in New sure. England, so he knows the offense. So that's somebody to help Derek learn the system, learn the nuances, the code words. You know what Josh is thinking when he does certain things. I wish I could have found me a coach. Coach, just take me with you. I teach whatever quarterbacks there. <laughs> uh, it has gone final in Miami, ninety-three to eighty, the final score as the Boston Celtics run away and hide. In the second half, a big third quarter for the Celtics, outscoring the Miami Heat by 16 and uh, ultimately cruising to a victory in this one. So uh, really, I I feel like at any point, Sean, Mm -hmm. you played the under, uh, you came home on that one. As tonight, we saw a total of 173 points. The pregame total was 203.5. So this thing went under by 30 points and the Celtics uh, now take that commanding 3-2 lead. Uh, they flashed up the stat. I believe teams that take a 3-2 lead in the best of seven are 40-4, and four, uh, closing things out. So, you know, Celtics were the series favorite heading into tonight. Um, I did not have anything on this game. I had the series price after game one in which Boston lost, so I just kind of rolled with that. I'll be honest, I just I really didn't have a great feel. I I did a couple radio interviews today. I said I, I I think the Celtics win, but it wasn't something I was I was ready to uh, to play just because of once again having this the stance where I was at. But uh, Boston gets it done, and after a real sluggish first half, uh, they came out, and the third quarter was the difference maker. And Jalen Brown, who had a really really poor first half, ends up with twenty five points and hits five threes. He does, and a big win for Boston. You know now they can go and potentially close it out and get a chance to rest, you know, I think it's very important that Boston ends this series because they've had some grueling series. Yeah. I mean, so I think they're a team that could use an extra two, three days of rest just to kind of, you know, get back in the facility, get some treatment, you know, get in a cold tub, some stretching, you know, kind of, you know, rejuvenate physically. 
and, and to to go up against you know what's been a dynasty in, in the Golden State Warriors and you know I know Stephen were probably thinking the same thing you know let's go ahead and close this out now I bet Dallas Mavericks pre flop so I'm pulling for Dallas but I will see how it goes yeah so by the way let's go uh, Avs yeah at this point I have one of us win a bet um, as the puck line is that I mean there's part of me that spitefully wants the Blues to win, but that would be mean to my partner. So I will uh, I will roll. Like like Sean in Calgary in, what was that, game one of their series against the Stars, when I had, I think it was a two-leg money line parlay, and you started to cheer for the flame, or start cheer for the Stars. I'm like, whoa, 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 I, I got the Flames to just win this I had the Flames game. puck line. They I know, but you were mad at the Flames. Oh, yeah. Because so they, now I'm mad at the Abs. You know what I should have done? Instead of thinking that that game was just an outlier, I should have been fading the Flames. Because they just didn't look right. They didn't look like the team they were, especially in this series against Edmonton. I feel like I missed the boat, you know, by not jumping on Edmonton free pre-flop really hard and aggressively and not betting Edmonton in these, these, these games. So you live and you learn. By the way, J.J. Reddick just tweeted out a little while ago, he goes, Jalen Brown read your Twitter comments at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Brown, though, I mean, look, I, it was hard. It was easy, I'll say this, to be critical of pretty much everyone in the game uh, as Colorado getting some real opportunities here. Um, but they uh, they made the proper adjustments. They came out, I think they had an 8 0 run, maybe a 10 0 run, Sean, out of the shoot there in the third quarter. And and that was the opportunity. That was when you went to break. We went to break, and you were wondering, what should I do here? Yeah, I should have took Boston. And uh, Boston was – I could have got a minus four and a half at plus 138. I missed it. That's the thing about in-game betting. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have a plan. You got to have an idea what you want. And I think the Blues just won. Blues so, won. Yeah, my abs and over didn't work either. So we both. I really thought about – Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Playing the Blues just out of spite there at the plus money. Um, 
Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I never crossed my mind. The Al's on the right side in this game. They just they had that moment or that stretch where they let their foot off the gas and they were up three one, and it ultimately bit them. I mean, it happens. The Colorado Avalanche in a closeout game at home as the best team in the NHL. Now, once again, they they're still up three games to two, but now they have to go back to St. Louis. They were up three nothing. And then up 4-3, and Nathan McKinnon had a hat trick, and they just lost in overtime. Now, this, is, this isn't this is apples to oranges because the Panthers what a soft goal were a Kemper. better team than the, the oh, Capitals. Oh, this was a soft goal. Look at this. It didn't get deflected or anything. Wow. Oh, that's a soft goal by Kemper. That's horrible. That's the avalanche Achilles heel. That's why I'm so bullish on Tampa. Yeah. I mean, when you put me in a series with the Avs, I know they're good on offense, but you give me Vasilevsky, and you know, y'all can have Kemper. I'll give I'll give the St. Louis Blues a lot of credit here, Sean. Yeah. I mean, they they lost their goalie, arguably, you know, their their they, best player. They were Stanley Cup champions two and, years ago, three and years ago. They have found a way down three to nothing on the road tonight. Uh, anyone out there, by the way, who has a. Uh, Knows what the in-game peak was. I'm very curious to know what that oh, was. It was high at one point. I mean, I it was. Know. It was. I looked at St. Louis and sure, they were it like, was three nothing. Yeah, in the yeah, middle was, of the second it period, was sky high. I'm thinking about taking the Guardians. They're down. I think two one. I think they're going to the top of the ninth. What do you think about that? Uh, sure. I haven't. I think the game's over. So I'm glad <laughs> I didn't take them. Yep. <laughs> I think they hit into a double play. All right, so there you go. The St. Louis Blues down three nothing, down four to three. Aaron Oster Blues 11, plus two thousand twenty to one. You could have got the Blues. Just as easy as that, Sean. Yep. E- Sunday morning. Easy, easy. Down three nothing against the most prolific offense in hockey. Could have got twenty to one K day. St. Louis Blues. It's now a three two series headed back to. St. Louis as the Blues win in overtime 5 to 4. Celtics take care of business as well 93 to 80. It's a nightcap here on Vison. Come on back. This is the nightcap on Vison, the sports betting network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms, conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I think, he was, I think he was he was at the Reds game today. Was he? Cheering for your Reds. Um, Smart man. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he was cheering for the Cubs. I have no idea. He, I'm sure he bet on it, so we'll find out what I he... I had first five over. That's all I cared about. For the Reds? Yep. There you go. Uh, I'm assuming that one, if you're Peacock. Yeah, it was four and a half. It was 4-2 into the fifth. Um, I think the final was 4-3. The... Blues have forced a game six down yeah. three nothing 
Uh, they come back, win 5-4 to four in overtime. Uh, Aaron Oster let us know at two different points when they were down 3 nothing and when they were down 4-3 to three with the goalie pulled, you could have got 20-1 to one on the Blues to win. And they do so. Uh, they win 5-4 to four in overtime, force a game six. Still down three games to two. Boston winning tonight 93-80. to 80. Uh, That total going uh, 30 points underneath the total. And the steam was real. Uh, shout out Josh Applebaum, the steam king of, uh, of VEASAN. Um, there was rumors that there was COVID, which uh, seemed to be unsubstantiated. However... Uh, Boston able to have a big second half and uh, pull out the victory and take a 3-2 lead. Uh, the updated series price now, Celtics minus 900, Heat plus 600. And uh, game number six will be on Friday night in Boston. And Aaron, you said, what, eight and a half is what that opened at? Uh, that is uh, Celtics plus or minus eight and a half against the Heat. Uh, still haven't seen a single-digit game. Uh, in quite some time. So uh, we got that. Going what do you on. think of, can I sell you on heat first quarter? No, I'm probably just going to chill. Okay. With my Celtics plus 120. As uh, I, you, yeah, I think you could. Yeah. I mean, whatever they have, we're going to see it. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's an old cliche, but it, it's, it's hard to match desperation. Um, Westgate actually, an offshore has nines right now for It'll Boston. It'll probably go up. So, I mean, what are the chances? I mean, Boston played as bad as they could play for two and a half quarters and still won by what fourteen? Yep. It's indicative, I think, of the talent difference between the two teams. But I told you this. By the way, remember before the playoffs the started? The total is two hundred. <laughs> I know, right? I probably take the over. Actually, uh, remember before the playoffs started, and we were talking about the teams. And what I say about the Heat? I say I think they're a regular season team. I don't know that they're built for the playoffs because of their lack of high, high end talent. Like in the regular season, it's about consistency, depth, having guys that can come off the bench, help you win games, because it's a it's a lot of games. Playoffs are about being able to put the ball in the bucket against elite defense, teams honed in, having special players, and I felt like there was a deficiency on this Heat team. So what'll be interesting. And I'm not sure their salary cap situation. What can they do this offseason? I know Zach uh, Levine, Levine, Levine from yeah. Chicago, I think, is a free agent. Um, you know, there's some other options that are going to be out there. But they have to go get a guy, like a top high-end guy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, they, they've got a lot of money invested in Kyle Lowry, so – they kinda, well, again, kind of made their bed a little again, bit. Again, to me, here's what Kyle Lowry is. Kyle Lowry is one of those guys that's really talented, but he always overcame, in my opinion, his lack of athleticism by his grit and his toughness. But he's a guy whose body has never evolved. I, like you're, and I'm not. I'm not saying that you were a Kyle Lowry fan. No, I'm I, just saying like a guy that's built like Lowry. If he doesn't get serious about his conditioning, his 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 makeup, genealogy, and, and all of that stuff, when they get older, now they battle a lot of injuries. Same thing with a James Harden. You know, neither one of those guys kind of ever really, well, at least based on what they, they look like in jeans and a shirt, you know, took, you know, that part of it seriously. You know, and I think that catches up with you as you get to the uh, end of your career. So right now, um, they have, oof, 
37.6 uh, owed to Jimmy Butler next year. 30.3 owed to Bam out of Bayou. 28.3 to Kyle Lowry. Well, I don't think they need to get rid of anybody. Well, yeah, but there's a salary gap. Well, I mean, it costs to win a championship. Yeah, but you can't just freely spend and just go over the salary cap. Mm-hmm. There, there are ways. I, I understand there yeah. are ways, Sean. But there are ways. Yes, they need they need uh, additional pieces. That's... He'll never go there. But if I was Giannis, I'd already be on the phone with Zach Levine. Milwaukee needs that extra. They don't have the athletic space. wing. Who are they paying besides Middleton and Giannis? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's making big money. Mm-hmm. Well, they're dude. strapped for cash. I guess they feel like if Chris was healthy, they'd be. Still playing as well. Yeah, what has Zach Levine done? Zach Levine's best basketball was in the Olympics. Well, I'm just saying he adds an athletic wing that can score. That's what Milwaukee needs. They have everything. You mean else. the defending world champions? Yeah. They need they and a team that probably would well, have beat the Celtics. Again, if now, I'm the Chris biggest Middleton. Giannis stand in the world to the point where if in the world, I think Chris Miles would like to fight you on that. Well, one. we could we could battle it out. Because if I had to start an NBA team, I'm taking Giannis, and you can't tell me any other name that I'd even consider. That's how big of a Giannis guy I am. I don't but, think you're getting much pushback. Right, but in the reality of what happened last year, Brondon didn't make the playoffs. Kawhi got injured. Clay and Stephen weren't whole because of injuries. So although they did win it last year, they didn't go through the guys that had been at the top of the mountain. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. But if they beat Braun in the finals, if they beat Steph, Clay, Draymond, all those guys, and they're healthy in the finals, if they beat Kawhi, Paul George, and that super team that they allegedly were putting together in the finals, I think that meant more than a Phoenix team who obviously based on what we saw this year. I disagree. Yeah, not all the way ready for prime time. Now Giannis gets credit because he won one. The Clippers have been a mythical creature their entire – I'll say this. I'll say this. You know, you have to separate – Patrick Beverly, you know, scoffing at a bubble title. I'm like, oh, so when you were in the bubble and you blew a 3-1 lead, that didn't count? Because you weren't mentally tough enough? I know. When you were absolutely wilted like a flower? I know last year before Kawhi got hurt, he was playing the best player in the world level. Yeah, and he did it it in Toronto. And and guess what? Toronto probably doesn't have a title without Kevin Durant and – He should have never left. Him with that team, they won championship this year. They got everything but him. They got long, athletic – Defensive-minded, tough guys. All they don't have is a dominant score. But I, I, I push back on your Bucks only beat Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns, they beat the Lakers. The injuries are just part of the game, well, well, and that's what hurt the Bucks and, this and, year. And what I mean by Bucks beat Phoenix, they didn't have an established superstar. Chris Paul's whole legacy has been about production, but also the fact that he's always kind of came up short in the bigger games. Devin Booker's still a young player that's trying to ascend to that level. DeAndre Ayton, they're still trying to decide if they want to give him an extension. So I was just saying from that standpoint, like they didn't knock off one of the sitting kings. There are now they no, beat, but there are no kings. They beat KD in the playoffs, right. but James Harden got hurt in that series. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kyrie did this. So, you know, they didn't even beat the whole Nets. But we, you can't do that. Like, we can't. I'm not taking anything away from Giannis. I said I started a team with Giannis. Right. I'm just saying, like, it would have been an even greater accomplishment in hindsight if they had knocked off one of the sitting kings. Now, they can't control the fact 
that none of those guys got there. Right. So it still counts. And who knows if the Clippers, who have done nothing in their franchise, but we've crowned them how many times? I haven't crowned them anything. I've never been a guy that said the Clippers were anything. All I'm saying is last year, before Kawhi got injured in the playoffs, Kawhi was playing at best player in the world level. So that's all I was saying. That's just the point I was making. So, I I don't – I mean – Injuries are a part of the game, and the Bucks, I think, win the title this year if Chris Middleton's healthy. I agree. Series. I agree. Uh, so I don't know if And they... I had them, so they hurt my feelings. I had them win the Eastern Conference, win the title, Giannis MVP. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Celtics now up <laughs> I was a believer. three games to two over the Miami Heat, and the Celtics uh, a win away from making it back to the NBA Finals since, what, first time since 2010? I believe they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals a handful of times, but haven't been to the championship since 2010 when they knocked off uh, LeBron and the Heat in 2010. So, uh, a bizarre little rivalry. Quick question for you. Yeah. Before we go to break, we've got about 30 seconds. I have not been watching the Guardians How big a fan are you of Mike Trout? Because right now, Angels are down 4-1, six innings just ended. You can get them plus 492. On the money line. So we still got to play the 7th, 8th, and ninth. They're the home team. What do you think, Aaron? Jump on it or no? I haven't watched a second of that game. See, I this is, this, this is him. what he does, folks. He asks us, and then if he gets it right, he takes all the credit. But when he gets it wrong, it's our fault. You're, you're a big boy. You make that decision yourself. And we'll crown you in-game Stradamus if you get it right. It's the nightcap here on PC. <laughs> This is the Nightcap on v the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on v the Boston Celtics. A 3-2 series advantage now. Now minus 900 to win the series. The Celtics plus, or the Heat plus 693-80. The final score. The Avs, well, that avalanche got melted. Uh, up 3-0, up 4-3, lose in overtime 5-4. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. And let's bring in our next guest. Always love having uh, his uh, his insight on, on so many things. We were talking off air we're going to do an elevator pitch. So we're going to call this right here. I it is uh I had the Avalanche on the puck line. I do have the Celtics to win the series at plus 120, so that was good. However, uh I'm getting a little uh little itchy finger here. So pitch me on why I should bet the Phoenix Mercury in game against the LA Sparks. Yeah, I think right now uh the LA Sparks <laughs> Uh, so far through the first half um, have gotten uh, 10 points from uh, something called Katie Lou Samuelson, who uh, is in her first start, has hit three threes. Up until this game, she had one three the entire season. Uh, I think that that's probably going to regress back to uh, where it's supposed to go. Um, Diana Taurasi so far through the first half, uh, even though Tina Charles and Skylar Diggins-Smith have 31 points combined, uh, Taurasi so far has just three. I think that... Uh, you know, in the second half, you get them, you know, plus six or better. I think that you're probably uh, going to be enjoying uh, what the Phoenix Mercury are going to do. Uh, they're never out of it with, with Tarasi, I think. All right. I have uh, I have just made a bet 
on the Phoenix Mercury plus eight and a half for the full game at plus 105. It went up. So uh, there you go, Eric. That's uh, that's what we're rolling with. Uh, just just lose by eight or less there, Phoenix Mercury. On to, uh, on to bigger and better things. Uh, at PFF underscore Eric is where you can find it. Eric on Twitter. I don't know if I want to do it now or maybe wait and let you stew on uh, on these tiers of quarterbacks here uh, <laughs> because I was I was listening to the uh, to the PFF forecast. You and George Shahuri always uh, always a great listen and uh, especially in the off season. Talk to me a little bit about the Jacksonville Jaguars and your current infatuation on uh, the Doug Peterson led Jaguars. What are some bets that you're eyeing up with the Jags? I think they're, you know, this is just like, it's sort of landing in place for them as far as, you know, the schedule is concerned, uh, as far as, you know, we, we talked about teams like the Giants, for example, right? You go from Joe Judge, one of the worst coaches in the NFL, maybe one of the worst head coaches in the NFL history. You go from him to Brian Dable, that's, that's a pretty big upgrade, even if we don't know anything about Brian Dable. We actually do know something about Doug Peterson, um, you know, year one. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz, they went seven and nine year two, uh, you know, again, a top two pick in the draft, you know, he ends up, you know, being an MVP candidate, they end up winning a Super Bowl. Um, Peterson comes in, you know, they didn't stock up quite as well as the 2017 uh, Eagles did around Wentz, but they did stock up with guys like Christian Kirk, guys like Zay Jones. Uh, they, they still also have, um, you know, a, they, they have, uh, can't, uh, you know, Travis Etienne at running back. They have uh, you know James Robinson if he's healthy. That that one might be a little bit touchy. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they have Josh Allen, Dewan Smoot, who both had 50 pressures last year. And then they bring into the mix Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. So when I look at that team, um, I, I kind of think okay, there's a South Division where you know both the Titans and the Colts are fragile. Uh, Houston's not going anywhere. And so if I can get them at six and a half to one or, you know, plus, you know, six to one uh, or, you know, nine to two to make the playoffs, um, that's maybe a good bet to make right now. So when you look at that division, um, and I met a bet the other day at even money uh, on the Colts to win that division. Uh, I like the way their schedule breaks down. I believe the Titans, you know, per Warren Sharp have the 21st most difficult schedule. Uh, based mm-hmm. off of Vegas win totals and the Colts around fifth. Uh, obviously, an upgrade at quarterback. Love the talent around them. You could see at DraftKings are now minus 125. What would be your threshold, Eric, based off of pro football focuses, breakdowns of uh, a buy point on the Colts to win the AFC South? Uh, yeah, for me, I you know, I think it's probably more like plus 120 okay. uh, of a proposition than it is a minus 120 sure. or minus 125 of a proposition. Uh, you know, I like Matt Ryan. I've liked Matt Ryan for a long time. I think he, you know, especially moving indoors, as Sean can attest, like there are, you know, it's just easier on a quarterback when you're throwing in a dome than when you're, you know, playing, you know, consistently outdoors. That being said, I mean, we saw significant regression in Ryan's game the last you know half of the season. Uh, he played really well, I thought, at the beginning, and then he regressed a lot in the second half. Um, so does and he was playing inside in for much of his career in Atlanta. So uh, I don't know how much he has left. They have a great offensive line. The defense, uh, I think, is really well coached. Um, but that the head of that coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. So I do think that they're again. 
this is very similar to how I view the NFC East. I, I think both the Cowboys and the Colts are about a coin flip to not win that division. And I think if you're if you like them, that's great. And and I do believe that they are the favorite, but I'm also looking at these divisions and saying, okay, where's the long shot that I can bet that if something goes awry with the favorite, it's going to hit for me. And I just don't think it's the Titans. I, I think, I, I think you have to look longer shot there. And I don't believe in Lovey Smith and the, and the Tex and the Texans. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Not bad. I think uh, Matt Ryan's a perfect fit for Indy. I think the important part is mentally he's been rejuven- rejuvenated. You think about mm-hmm. what he dealt with last year in Atlanta Julio Jones not being there, Calvin Ridley sitting out the entire season, you know, Kyle Pitts really being their only, like, elite weapon. I know a lot of people like Gage as a wide receiver who's now in Tampa, but he didn't really have, like, that enthusiasm, like, that expectation that he has now in Indy. He has a former NFL quarterback now as his head coach. He has the best running game in the National Football League. And so I think you're going to get the best version of Matt and Ryan that still exists and you know, I think that's good enough, especially with all the turmoil I feel like that's going on in Tennessee. I still think there are a lot of people in that organization upset with A.J. Brown not being on that roster. And then you have Tannehill, who just doesn't seem like he's been in a good place since that debacle versus Cincinnati the last time we saw him. And now you have this young kid who's going to be running around in shorts, throwing the ball 70 yards. And, you know, every time Tannehill throws a flat route in the dirt, you know, it's kind of going to be the, put Malik in. Put Malik in, you know, and I, I just I think yeah, they're yeah. in an interesting spot. Plus, when does the wear and tear on Derrick Henry catch up? Uh, all those are great questions. Yeah. Not not only that, but that defense isn't exactly the best defense. I, I thought that they played um, inspired football last year. I think Vrabel is maybe a Mike Tomlin light kind of coach where he doesn't necessarily do all the things the analytics love, but you have to respect the way he gets players to play hard. Like that, you know, Vrabel certainly, I think, you know, is the is the squeaky wheel if you want to fade the Titans because I think he does coach really well. But you're right about Tannehill. I mean, it's not only that. They traded A.J. Brown um, and, and Traylon Burks, the guy to replace him, was too gassed to finish an OTA with no pads. Yeah. Um, I told people that's you know, going to be a very difficult yeah, that was... transition for him because I was in the Brile system, and it's nothing remotely similar to an NFL right. system for a wide receiver. Like, hash marks, yard yardage depth, understanding zone, like, it's completely different. I, I guess my question with you with the Jags is, I love what they've done on defense. I mean, they're going to line up Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, um, who was the guy that was already there uh, from Kentucky? Uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I mean, they have gotten better on defense. I just don't love the talent around Trevor Lawrence. We still don't know what ATN is as a running back. Christian Kurtz right. going to be out there in a Halloween costume, you know, that has a NFL number one receiver, you know, on the yeah. outfit. So I just I, I wonder about their talent level on offense. But I do think I almost feel like you should get be getting more than seven to one just because of that. Yeah, I think when you look back at the Eagles, though, what what they were able to do with Wentz, right, uh, with with Peterson, and that's kind of my my buy in is Peterson. I think is you know that receiving core when the Eagles won the Super Bowl was Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar, who had up until that point been a bust, and they moved him into the slot, and then Torrey Smith, right? So if you squint a little bit, you know, Zay Jones is the Torrey Smith, right? You know, uh, and Alshon Jeffrey was never a one, right? And I don't think Christian Kirk's a one, but I think Christian Kirk's a good number two. Um, And then you have LaVisca Chenault, a player who up until this point is disappointed. 
Um, you look at the dysfunction that has been the Jaguars coaching staff over the last few years, and maybe our opinions of those players are not quite where they need to be because we're not necessarily baking into the cake how much Peterson yeah, can do Yeah, I do, do like Peterson as well. I do like Peterson. And I'm not a big Trent Baalke fan, but I have to say, like, this past draft, I was impressed with it. Yeah. I, I think Devin Lloyd's going to be a fantastic – Devin Lloyd has Micah Parsons upside. L- listen, Eric, I had him in my mock draft. I had him going number four to the Jets. <laughs> That's how good I think he is. <laughs> All right. We got more with Eric Eager on the other side. We, we let it stew for a little bit because I think Sean's got some thoughts on the tier of quarterbacks – currently in the NFL. We'll get Eric's list and Sean's reaction next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. JVT will have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. And Andy McNeil breaking it all down on the ice. Don't worry, plenty of NFL preseason coverage as well. And... Plenty of golf, UFC, everything you need. So if you want that full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want, cost only $39 for subscribers through July 31st. Sign up now, vsin.com slash summer. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Quick update on Keep Tim Entertained the remainder of the show. We've got... The Mercury plus eight and a half, courtesy of Eric Eager. Six twelve to go, third quarter. They're down seven. Yeah, I put everything I had in my uh my app. Come on, Eric. I took eight and a half. What did you? I got plus one oh nine or something. We're believing, we're believing yeah. in the Mercury. Let's okay. go, e. We're with you. Well, we'll see how long you're with me. Yeah. Uh because Eric uh has got a tiered uh tier of What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my my (laughs) game. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts quarterbacks right now and i think uh sean i might just step out of the so studio. i just want a little context uh when you did the tears talk to me about the younger guys that haven't done it yet like a zach wilson justin fields like what was your criteria for what tier those guys ended up in yeah i put them sort of so i have just to kind of give the context i have the the hall of fame tier so, you know, the Rodgers, the Allens, the Mahomes, the Bradys. Um, no I arguments have tier there. Two. Yeah, I have tier two, which, like, I think a lot of people want to put Burrow and Herbert in tier one, but I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, but these are MVP caliber players um, who I don't necessarily know if I, I think they're in the top tier. And then tier three are guys who can win a Super Bowl if things go right, but there are some years where they're not necessarily um, – you know, there are some years like last year with Dak Prescott where it, there's just something missing. And then after that, uh, there's the Kirk Cousins tier, which we were talking about off air, which are guys like Ryan Tannehill, um, you know, uh, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is only in that tier now, but he was an MVP caliber player later. But this stage of his career, you sort of it's hard to build around that player and win. And then there's the tier where I just don't know what's going on. And that's that middle tier five where I'm not ready to write any of those players off, but I'm also like not necessarily like sticking my neck out. Like Justin Fields, I think is a coin flip right now. Mac Jones to me is also a coin flip, um, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and that's where I have Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Now let, let's go with my first issue. If we can put tier three up on the screen, you have Matthew Stafford in tier three, I definitely think he's a two, a tier two guy. First time he got with a real NFL organization that was actually trying to win a championship, they did exactly what they set out to do, which is win a title, and they would not have done it without his calmness amongst chaos at the end of a couple of those games in the playoffs. The Bucks game comes to mind where they squandered a lead, but he stood in the pocket, made the throw. Also, the Bengals game where they had a couple third – fourth down conversions where he stepped up. So I'd move him up. The Dak the Dak Prescott thing, that's just a misprint, right? Like you were doing your bullet points <laughs> and you just you, you put Dak in the wrong tier. Is that what happened? So so you're you're basically saying that tier shouldn't exist. No, no, I'm saying Dak should not be in tier three. I would actually in tier three have guys like Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, who even though I don't think they're franchise quarterbacks, they have when surrounded by Super Bowl caliber talent, been able to lead that team to the actual Super Bowl. My entire issue with Dak Prescott is you can't put better offensive personnel around him than he's had in Dallas. Yet he's 1-3 in the playoffs. He's been there for six years. Last year when he missed the game, Cooper Rush came in and threw for 24-40, 3-25, two touchdowns and one when Andy Dalton filled in that year when Dak got hurt. I mean, he completed 65% of his passes, 14 touchdowns, 80. So he wasn't terrible, but I was, they were so good around him 
Like, I feel like there's some quarterbacks on that list. If you give them CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and uh, a younger um, – what's the running back? Uh, from Ohio State. Yeah, Zeke. Zeke, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, and the guys that he had, like, I felt like they've underachieved more so than some of the guys that haven't, in my opinion, you know, been given those opportunities. And then, like, that's why I asked about the young guys, like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. I feel like those guys have to be in the last tier just because we don't know. So I wouldn't jump right. them over anyone. Like, but, but start with me with Dak. Like, what was your reasoning for putting Dak in tier three? Well, I think when you look at Dak, he's had – I agree the team success thing has been interesting, but I actually think of his career in parallel with Matthew Stafford. You look at Stafford, you know, when when forced to build the plane around Stafford, there was just limited success in, in Detroit, right? And and that's not necessarily – you know, Detroit, Detroit was dysfunctional, but, you know, during Stafford's time, they spent three first-round picks on tight ends, Brandon Pettigrew – uh, Eric Ebron and, and TJ Hawkinson for a great deal of his career. He had Calvin Johnson, he had golden take Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, you know, folks like that. Um, the offensive line, I mean, Taylor Decker's a first round pick. Frank Ragnow's a first round pick. Um, they, they surrounded. And then that 2014 team, uh, had a great defense with Ndamukong Sue, Nick Fairley, uh, Zeke Anza, Qu- Glover Quinn, guys like that. There have been like, I, I sort of think with Stafford, it's the if the team is ready made, you can insert him on that team and win a Super Bowl. That we saw that last year. I don't think if he's there making the max, you can build a team around him. I think that that's the harder sell. And I think all the players around him, like take Joe Burrow in in tier two, like they they literally built the plane around Joe Burrow last year in in, in Cincinnati and went to the Super Bowl. Dak, I think Dak of Dak similarly. Like I agree, down the stretch last year he was not good. But you look at 2019, he was you know led the NFL in a lot of categories. Like he was 8.2 yards per pass attempt in 2020. He led the league in net adjusted yards per attempt before getting injured. And then this past season, after the injury, he wasn't great. But before the injury, I don't think there was a quarterback in the NFL that was playing better than Dak Prescott. And so again. I think it's hard. Dallas has shown that they have a really difficult time building the plane around Dak Prescott. But as we saw in 2016, if you take a great team and insert Dak Prescott onto that great team, uh, then you can evidently win as they went a 13 and three or something and got the one seed. So that's where I take them a step behind and say, you can win with them. Things have to go extremely right to win with them. And there are going to be years much like, you know, Stafford's years in Detroit and Dak's, you know, second half last year, Dak's, uh, you know, uh, second half in 2019 or whatever, where the team's success is fleeting um, because the quarterback has limitations that are that are fairly easy to see. That's fair. And, and I guess I have more issue with Dak being in three because Stafford is there. And I just think if the Rams would have traded for Dak Prescott instead of Matthew Stafford, they aren't defending NFL champions. I don't think Dak goes to the Rams and makes the plays that Stafford did in the playoffs because as of right now, he has not shown the propensity to do that in Dallas. So maybe a change of scenery would enhance it, would help it. Um, why so low on Garoppolo and Goff? I know they aren't franchise guys. You, they're not plug and play. You put them anywhere and you automatically become a, a playoff contending team. But they have, in the right environment, been able to help two teams get to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, and I and I hold a lot of Detroit futures this year. I, I've made a ton of you know. I think Goff is being underrated. Um, for Garoppolo, it's just for me like the big his biggest uh, positive is he throws what's called. Um, you know that offense is amazing. It and and some quarterbacks don't have the stones to throw the the type of stuff over the middle that Garoppolo does. Be that as it may. I mean, you're talking about a guy who had 30 turnover-worthy plays last year, a lot of dropped interceptions, a lot of just boneheaded stuff. And to me, he's a he's the kind of quarterback where if you take him out of that Shanahan system, what does he look like? I, I think it's and and we've seen it all. You know, he's been injured, so it's it's a little bit uh, baked in the cake a little bit. But you know, I, I think he's a very good quarterback for what Shanahan wants to do um, because he throws what's called, and that's his best trait. But he's still, there's a lot of turnover-worthy plays. There's just a lot of, of of yards left on the field. And to me, you know that. And that's why he's a tier below. Because for guys like Justin Fields, guys like Trevor Lawrence, I just don't know. Like, I have not. Right, I that's don't fair. Incomplete. Look at it incomplete right now. Yeah, I'm exactly. going to take this list, Eric, to Jeff Benson, who runs the Circle Sportsbook. And I'm going to show him where you have Carson Wentz because the commanders are going to win the NFC East. <laughs> and I'm going to tell him I need better odds. <laughs> I love that. I love I'm for that. real. I'm going to tell him I need better odds. He's an upgrade over Heineke. He is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Eric Eager, Great stuff, you're e. the man. We always love having you on. There he is, at PFF underscore Eric. Back to the NBA, top of the hour. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 